It's a given. Okay. <laughs> I thought I lost my data. I thought I lost the recording, y'all. I'm sorry. That, that caught me off guard. My, my computer fell asleep. But. Welcome back to us shaking the tables of reality through Minds on Kingdom, making Christ the talk of the town again. My name is Darlene Adderley, your host, and today's episode is entitled, Prayer is a Vitamin, Not Medicine. Please bow your heads. Most gracious and everlasting Father, we come before your throne asking you for guidance. I pray, Lord God, as we continuously seek guidance from you, you may provide for us and show us what we need to learn. I pray, Lord God, that you may equip us with the knowledge that we need to implement into our lives and how we can go into this life with the knowledge that you've given us. I pray, Lord God, that you may show us where to find these resources. And I pray, Lord God, that you may also cover us as we are going into the holidays and going to be with family and friends. I pray, Lord God, that you may guide us there and back. And I pray, Lord God, that we may show them who you are. Just be a vessel for your people. Since we ask and say in your most precious name, amen. So as I was praying, I began thinking about prayer, right? And I began thinking about how I pray. And when I pray, it's like at the beginning of me praying, I have so much to tell him about our relationship. Because I view my relationship with the Lord as like a relationship, like me and you, like we together, like we locked in. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's how I view my relationship with him. So as I'm praying over the podcast, I was about to get into personal things. And I was like, no, I can't, I can't do that. So that's why I had to wrap it back to being a general prayer. But the thing is, when you're praying to the Lord, my question to you is, are you praying to the Lord because of wants? Are you praying to the Lord because of needs? Or are you praying to the Lord because you formulated a proper relationship with him to the point where it's just communication. Y'all just communicating, okay? And that's where it almost happened here, where I was about to just go in, just talking about stuff. Then I was like, oh no, <laughs> I'm on podcast. So that's been my big question lately, looking onto the new year. And I've been seeing how we should just go to the Lord and pray to the Lord and ask from him, just ask and ask and ask and ask for growth purposes, but that shouldn't be the case. There should be a proper relationship and proper bond to where since you formulated that bond with him, you automatically know that your wants and needs are taken care of. So is your relationship with the Lord only because you want something or is your relationship with the Lord because it's a it's a proper relationship, like the same relationship that you have your with with your significant other, or with your mother, or with your father, or with your siblings? 
Is that how the relationship is? Because when you have an actual relationship with the father, the way you have relationships with your peers and families and things like that, you won't feel comfortable just going to him asking, asking for a life revamp or asking for him to give you your needs and your wants. It, 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 it looks one-sided. It looks so one-sided. So the prayer or the prayers that you say unto the Lord, is it a continuous prayer, like a vitamin prayer, or is it a medicine prayer where you only want him to provide for the things that you want and need? Where at that moment, you're just praying to him like, Lord, I need this, I need that, and that. And then your prayer is done. You don't go back praying, praying to him, thanking him for what he has done, or you're not going back praying to him, telling him about your day, or you're not going back praying to him, telling him about what's going on in your life, even though he already knows. How is your relationship with the Lord? That's my question. And as I look further, I, I have a story, okay? So I take chlorophyll, the tablets. I used to take chlorophyll, the actual liquid, and I mix it with my water, but I, be, I switched. And not only do I take chlorophyll, but I also take ashwagandha, I take biotin. And as I take these vitamins every day, I know that over time I will see a significant change, okay? I don't just take those vitamins once in a blue moon and expecting rapid change, okay? So I remember three months ago when I did the switch from liquid chlorophyll to tablet chlorophyll, I began feeling a sort of way in my stomach. And here's why. Because when I would take those vitamins, I would take those vitamins on an empty stomach, okay? I'm not big on breakfast and I'm a big lunch person. So I would take my vitamins in the morning and I wouldn't eat until approximately 12 to one. And after I would eat, I would feel something in my abdominal area, okay? And it wasn't a good feeling. I felt nauseous and I felt like I was gonna vomit. And then I asked a doctor, not only did I ask a doctor, but I asked an herbalist for a second opinion. And they told me, the reason you feel sick when you take these vitamins is because you're not taking those vitamins with food. You have to take those vitamins with food so they can absorb well into your system. And because you're taking these vitamins on an empty stomach, your stomach does not know how to react to these vitamins. It looks at it as a foreign, as like a foreign object in there. But my question to you now is, when you're praying, are you just praying and going about your life just consuming the vitamin and going about your life? Or are you also taking your daily bread and consuming it with it? Because when you take your vitamin and you consume it with your daily bread, it will absorb into your system properly. But when you just take one and not consume the other, how are you expecting a lifelong change? How are you expecting to grow into a relationship with the Father that is transformative? That's my question to you. We cannot treat prayer 
like medicine. We cannot just pray to him when we are undergoing a situation because when we just pray to him and the situation continues to go the way it's going and we feel as though our prayer isn't answered, we lose hope, we become discouraged and then we lose faith in the Father. But in order for you to have that instilled steadfast faith, you have to pair it with the word. You have to pair your prayers with the word. So when you're in the season of waiting, you will understand why you're waiting. You will understand why things are going the way it's going. And um, now I'm looking into my notes because I lost my train of thought. But you have to read your word. You have to consume your daily bread. You have to consume your daily bread. It can't be just one thing. It cannot just be the other. You have to consume your daily bread. You have to consume your vitamin. And you also have to trust the Holy Spirit. We live in a world where <laughs> our worldviews are tainted. There's so many culture switches that we're not using the word of God as a prerequisite to how to guide ourselves through the way. Our, 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 our lives are so distorted. And it's worldview, culture, switch, so many swifts and changes that we do not know how to think and navigate, navigate through our lives. But the thing that's interesting, the Bible never changes. The word of God will always be the same. He always said, knock and the door will be open. Seek and you will find. Everything will always be the same. But in order for you to understand that knock and the door will be open and seek you shall find, how would you know that if you're not reading the word? How would you know that he will be there for you regardless if all you're doing is praying and not consuming your food? You have to consume your food. Now let's read Luke. Okay, let's see if this will sit down. Can you hear me? <laughs> now we're going to go into Luke 11. Luke 11, 1 to 13. Luke 11, 1 to 13. And Jesus teaches us. I did not screw this right, did I? No, <laughs> my bad. My bad. Okay, I need to stop at the shenanigans because this is a serious topic. But... Jesus teaches us how to pray, right? One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sinned against us and lead us not into temptation. Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, do not bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship. Wait, hold on. I tell you, even though he will not give you 
get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity. He will surely give up, get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of your, which of you, which of you fathers, if your son asks for fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, you will give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And I found that interesting. The, 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 the comparison. I find it interesting, the comparison, because he's saying that if you have a father, okay, and you tell your father, father, I want an egg. Father, I want a fish. Do you think your father will give you something which is the opposite? Do you think your father will give you the opposite of what you want? No, that's your father, okay? That's your, that's your mother, that's your father, that's your, that's, that's your parent. When you ask of something, just already believe in your mind that it will come to pass. Your wishes are fulfilled. It's an automatic thing. But the thing is, if we do not have a relationship with God from the beginning, we will question everything we ask him. Like, will God really give me a man? Will I really get married by 30? Will I really have children by 35? See, but the thing is, if you already have a proper relationship with him, it's already an expected thing. When you ask your parents for like, mom and dad, I need food. I need this. I need that. I, I, I need, I don't want to, I don't want to take out a loan for blah, 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 blah. Can you, can I have some sort of, you already know your parents are going to give that to you. You already know it. But why is it that we question the Lord when we ask him for something? But the, but the thing is, why are you, when you ask, you should already put into your subconscious, I will receive it because that is your parent. I, I hope you feel what I'm saying. Because you already formed that relationship of trust, it's a given. But you should already put into your mind that the Lord already, already has me, already got me. And the thing is, before you even utter, before you even utter, Lord, Things aren't going well. He already knows. He already knows. He already knows what you're going through. He already knows what's on your mind. He already knows. But the thing is, he wants you to reassure. Like, because you are reading his word and you're also praying, it's a reassurance for yourself. It's not a reassurance for him. He already, he already knows he got you. But this is already comforting you and comforting your heart because you can't see him face to face. It's so funny. Why can't I screw this right? <laughs> the devil's trying to attack me. Okay. I don't think I screwed this on right, but we vibe. Okay. As I was saying, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. I lost my train of thought, guys. <laughs> Lord, speak through me, please. 
speak through me, God. Oh, okay. Because the Lord already knows your needs and your wants before you even utter them out of your mouth. You, by reading the Bible and also by you praying, it's a reassure, it's you reassuring yourself that he already has it taken care of. Because you cannot see him face to face. You know, we can't see him, right? But because he's going home and preparing a place for us, he's already, he's, he's there. This is a reassurance for us so that we can tell ourselves that the relationship is still there. Okay, so now I'm going to read in Matthew. I'm going to read Matthew, Matthew 5, verse 14. And within Matthew 5, verse 14, it says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go in a room, close a door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what you have done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin and their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. And I feel like when you have time, you should read into Matthew 5 um, until, until Matthew 8. Because this is like when the Lord was on the mount. He was on the mount and he was telling people about the Beatitudes, about murder, adultery, prayer, loving your enemies, fasting, how to see, ask, seek, and knock when you are praying. He also talked about prophets and disciples and so much more. So whenever you have time, I feel like you should get into that. But when I view my relationship with the Lord, I view my relationship with the Lord as a relationship where, like a couple relationship. Okay, like a couple relationship. Okay, because if you look at it thoroughly, we, the church, are the bride, and Christ is the groom. Okay, he's the bridegroom, and he's just waiting on the Father to tell him to come back to collect us. Okay, because back in their time during marriage, it wasn't the man who determined, oh, I want to get married, I need time for me to get a wife, da, 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 this, this, that, and the third. It was the father who said, and, and the son, the groom, would be waiting on the father until he said, go get your wife. So the wife would just be, or the bride, would just be waiting. 
She would be waiting, she would be waiting, she would be waiting, she would be waiting, she would be doing her hair, she would be preparing herself, making sure she looks the part, just preparing herself for her husband. So that when the father would tell the son, go get your bride, the bride is already ready. So us, the church, we must be in that season of waiting. We must be in that season of preparation so that when the father tells the son, go get your bride, we're already ready. We're ready. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Okay. You're not in the season of, oh, shoot, I, I'm out of time. What do I do? Because by that time, it's already too late. When you're getting married, right, and you have a day set, do you walk down? Are you okay? The day of the wedding. Are you just going to be freaking out frantic? Like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready. I don't have my makeup artist. I don't have my hair. I don't know who's going to do my hair. Are you booking the people the day of your wedding? No, you're preparing for your wedding. You're preparing. You're doing this years in advance. You got the venue set. You already know who's going to do your nails. And you know the design of your nails because your nails is on your, your Pinterest board. You got everything on your Pinterest board. You got everything ready. You, you know who's going to do your You know who's going to DJ. You know the food you're eating. You don't, you know, if there's going to be onions in within the chicken, you know, if there's going to be fish, you, you know what the food is going to be. You know, everything, you know, every single detail to the T because you prepared in advance. Why can't we do the same thing with the, when, with Christ's return? Why can't we prepare ourselves to the T so that when he comes, we're like, what's up? I'm ready to go. I, I'm packed. I'm ready. Matter of fact, I'm not even packed because I'm not taking none of this stuff with me. I, I'm ready. What's up? Let's go. Why aren't we preparing ourselves like that? We can't be in, in, in this world of, of, of craziness and be consuming ourselves in this world, just going with the flow. Like, you know, you know, those relationships where people would be like, oh, I'm just going with the flow. What, what flow? What flow are you going with? Because there is no flow on this earth. This earth, this earth is corrupted. It's corrupted. So what flow are you on? You need to be in constant preparation, constant preparation. And when you view your relationships, even, even your personal relationship with like how, you know, people are in the season of waiting. People are in the season of wanting to get married. People are in the season of wanting to get a home. People are in the season of all these kind of things. But how are you preparing for, the, for those things? How are you preparing for marriage? You are having a due date of how you're going to walk down the aisle. How are you preparing to be a wife? How are you preparing to be a husband? The most important part is your preparation. How are you dressing? How are you walking around in this world? What are you doing in preparation? Or are you just outside freestyling? So that when it happens, you're like, oh yeah, what's up? It's happening. Huh? You got to be mentally prepared and you need to alter your life. You need to shift your life. You need to shift your habits. You have to change your habits. You need to remove things so you're able to prepare for when he's coming. Because he wouldn't, when you try to pull up and be like, Lord, I'm ready to, when you was just clubbing, when you was just outside drinking, when you were just, no, baby, you got to sober up, sober up, get yourself together. Get yourself together, whether you have to revamp your life, whether you have to change, whether you have to stop talking to some people, whether you have to remove yourself from some environments, so be it. So be it. So be it. Because at the end of the day, you're putting at the forefront of your mind, I need to enter the pearly gates. 
once you place that at the forefront of your mind, I need a relationship with the Lord. I need to enter the pearly gates. Anything and everything you do in your life, if it conflicts with that, get out of my way. If it conflicts with that, get out of my way. I don't have time. I don't have time for those shenanigans. I don't have time for those. You just don't have time for it. You don't. When you look at your relationship with the father as, as, as something like, Lord, like this is me and you. And that's all he wants from you. That is all he wants from you. Because when you look into a relationship, what makes a marriage successful is duties and love. Love without no duties is just, you just lollygagging. Like, like, like what's happening? Like, okay, we love each other, but how are we going to take care of the kids? How are we going to pay this house? How are we going to pay for the car? Like, you, you love without duties is, is you're just living in, in huh? A deer in headlights. A relationship with duties and no love is, is, is equivalent to a chore. So you're doing all this work, all this work, all this work, all this work, but there's no love. You will be drained. You will be so drained to the point you don't even want to be in the relationship relationship anymore. But when you look at it as a 50-50 of duties and love, okay, I need to put duties and love, duties and love. And it doesn't even matter how you categorize it in your relationship with your significant other. Your husband may be like, babe, I'm going to be the one working. May you take care of the home? Can you can you hold down the home for me while I'm at work? May you hold down the kids? May you hold it down? And you'll be like, "Bae, I got you." By the time you pull up to the car, by, by the time you pull up home, you will have a meal ready. You're going to have a nice home clean, everything looking nice because there's duties. The husband knows that even though I'm outside making this making our home the way it needs to be and trying to provide for my home, my wife is at home taking care of what needs to be taken care of. When you view that with the, your relationship with the father, you're like, Lord, you want me to do duties. You want me to love you. I will do those things because that goes hand in hand. He too is also loving upon you and fulfilling your duty and fulfilling his duties for you as well. You don't know how your life will look like. You do not know how your future will look like. You don't know anything. You, you don't have a single clue But he's because he's the one seeing it from the overview. You're the one just trying to navigate through life. He's looking at, looking at it from the top view. He's like, okay, she's going to go that far west, that far east, that far whatever. What? He knows. But in the meantime, he wants you to fulfill the duties for him. In the meantime, he wants you to love him. And then it's a guarantee. It's a guarantee that everything will be okay. Now I'm going to read into Revelation since we're already on this topic. I'm going to read into Revelation 19. Revelation 19. And this is like one of the last pages of the Bible. Okay, Revelation 19. It says... Well, this microphone is such an inconvenience. I don't even know if I want to. <laughs> this microphone is such an inconvenience. Okay. After this, I heard what sounded like a roar of great multitude in heaven shouting, hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For true and just, 
Hold on. My computer keeps sleeping. Okay. Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For true and just are his judgments. He has condemned the great prostitute, speaking of the world, because the world is a the world is equivalent to Babylon, Sodom and Gomorrah. This world is is tragic, okay? This 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 world him. He has condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He has avenged on her the blood of his servants. And again, they shouted, hallelujah. The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. The 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God, who was seated on the throne. And they cried, amen, hallelujah. Then a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God, all you, his servants, you who he, who you, who Praise our God, all you, his servants, you who fear him, both great and small. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder shouting, hallelujah. For our God, our Lord God, almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding, the wedding, y'all, the wedding, the great old wedding. Yeah. Listen, I'm ready for that day. Come on, let's see. Okay, period. Anyways, hallelujah for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride, referring to us, the church, has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, write this, oh. Then the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. At this, I fell at his feet and worshiped him. But he said to me, don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. So this is Jesus telling them, because we they're bowing down. Jesus was like, nah, get up. You need to rejoice to the Father, not to me. But when we look at our relationship with the Lord, we have to view it as a relationship that we have with our significant others. It's, it's, it's literally the same. When you get married and walk down the aisle, you are forming a covenant, okay? So this relationship that we have with the Father, it's a covenant too. But how are you, the bride, taking care of that covenant? Are you out here being promiscuous? Or are you out here being the true wife to the Lord? Are you out here being the proper bride to the point where you're presented to the father? He'll be like, ah, oh, that's my son's bride. Do you see what I'm saying? It's the way you look at it. We're in a day and age where we view our relationship with the Lord as, oh my goodness, I got to be the most perfect and the most... If you're doing things according to how the Bible is saying you should be doing things, you're good. 
Okay? If you're being faithful, the same way you'll be faithful to your man. If you're being, you can't be out here just being on some promiscuous activities. If you're married to your man, right? Are you going to out here be dressing like you a, like you a thought? No, because you married. You better get married. You can't be out here dressing like you some, come on now. You, so it's it's out of respect. Honoring your, the same way you need to honor your man or honoring your future man or honoring the future spouse that you have. This is even speaking to men too. The same way you want to honor your wife. Do that in the season now. Do that right now, starting today. So that when you find that wife, when you find that husband, the bond is no different when you look at it with the Lord. The bond is no different. So when you're praying, it shouldn't be something foreign. It should be proper communication. It's like, okay, this is how I communicate with my man. This is how I'm communicating with my man. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's the same thing. It's nothing different. It's nothing bizarre. View your relationship that you currently have with your friends and your family where it's a relationship built on communication, built on trust, built on so much things. View that the same way as your relationship with the Lord. It's nothing different and it's nothing bizarre. Okay? It's the same thing. The same way you're going to be faithful to your husband and your wife, start doing that now in your single stage. You can't be... How do you expect yourself to find a husband? How do you expect yourself to find a man if you out here dressing like Cardi B and Beyonce? You will only attract the wrong thing. You're going to only attract the wrong thing. And I'm going to tell myself that because I, I was in a relationship with the man I'm with now, my man that I'm with now, my future husband. I was thinking like, oh, okay, even though I got a man, I could be dressing any way I'm dressing. That's disrespectful to him. That's pure out disrespectful. And you may say, oh, she's being so submissive. Nah, nah, nah. You're supposed to be submitting to your man. You're supposed to be submitting to the father. That's how you're supposed to op That's how you operate in order for the relationship to go in the direction that it's supposed to be going. You can't be out here dressing like you a huh? You can't be out here just freestyling at every single club and getting wasted and drunk and then get yourself together. Whether you have to change your environment, change the friendships you're in, because the only thing you're doing by staying in those friendships or staying in those environments, the only thing you're doing is you're 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 going to be wrapped around in a bad future. So you're wondering why you're with the man and the man doesn't even want to take care of his kids. You put yourself in that environment. Am I lying? Take accountability now when it's easier so you can have a better future. Because a husband, a wife, isn't going to leave you hanging. They're not going to leave you hanging. The Lord isn't going to leave you hanging. He's not. So it's the way you form your relationship. It's the way you enter. If you enter it properly, then everything will be maintained well. If you're fulfilling your duties to the Lord, if you're filling your duties in your relationships, if you are show if you are pouring out love, everything will go according to your favor. It will. It will. And the thing is, when we're speaking about growth and wanting things and wanting to be 
and all everyone's speaking about abundance and stuff in this new year. All of that is just going to be the akabanga. It will just be the cherry on top to the to the milkshake. It will be the akabanga to the ibidgyo. Because remember when there's so many people in the Bible where the Lord was like, if you just do what I tell you to do, if you just do what I ask of you, I will give you that of what you want and, and bonus. And bonus. So he'll be like, just because you did what I told you to do, I'm going to give you more plus a bonus. So here's the thing. To those who are in ministry, just focus on ministry. Just focus on ministering to the, the people who do not know the Lord yet. I see so many things on the, on the internet where I see churches and things and pastors and things where they are doing ministry, but then they're also doing business on the side. You don't need to be doing all that. You really don't. Just focus on, on the most important thing, bringing people back to Christ, bringing people out of the worldliness of this craziness of this world and focus on that because the Lord would add on to you. There's no reason to be doing multiple things at once. It's just focus on the ministry. Focus on the ministry, whether that's preaching, whether that's singing, whether that's being a teacher to people who do not know yet, to people who do not yet know the Lord. All that other stuff is just extra, unnecessary extraness because you feel as though that what you're doing for the Lord isn't going to bring a bonus. So now, if we look at it from a different perspective, you're second guessing the Lord and you're second guessing what he can do for you. Don't, mm -mm, it's, it's not, that's not the vibe. Place your ultimate full trust unto him and he will take care of the rest. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, cover us, God. Cover us and cover our lives that we may just operate in the proper way so that we may just do things properly and prepare for your kingdom, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you may alter our minds and how we think and how we walk into this life, Lord God, so that we may be dressed in white, ready for you. Since we ask and say in your most precious name, amen. Stay tuned to the next episode. Bye now.